Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. I'll just I'll just post this TikTok later, Brian. I'm I'm too busy right now. I can't. I'm 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 too big of a TikTok star now to really even be doing this podcast. To be honest, welcome so. to the TikTok world, my buddy. Hit it, Brian. Let's do it. You're listening to the Work for Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's Thursday, and you're here with me and Brian, the Brian twins. We look identical to each other, <laughs> side by side. Right oh, here, right now on the Work For It podcast. Brian, how the hell are you, buddy? I've been good. I have been sweating my balls off out in the shop, man. It's been oh, man. brutal without air conditioning out there. But hey, you got to do what you, you got to do. do. Are you Dude, grinding in your underwear these days? Is that how you do it? Just like tidy whities <laughs> and nothing else? Or? I've never been. I have never been so tempted to wear shorts in the shop. Holy Oof. shit. Yeah, I bet. But it's not that is totally not safe in no, a knife making shop. Yeah. Not at all. Not at I all. saw a thread on someone someone said that they like wear casters while they or uh casters. They wear uh crocs, the the rubber oh, crocs shoes while they forge. And I was just You like, know, Oof. speaking of speaking of, I've been seeing I, I saw a couple of YouTube videos of people taking crocs and like putting a, a layer of sheet metal on, on them so they like steel toe crocs <laughs> for the shop. <laughs> I used I've to make that joke all the time because I would wear, uh, like in my early videos on YouTube, I would wear Crocs all the time. Yeah. And um, and people would say, you're wearing Crocs in a workshop. Like, I can't take you seriously. I'm like, these are my steel-toed Crocs. What are you talking about? Listen, right, man. I, I mean, I store how... them right next to my steel-toed flip-flops. <laughs> how many videos have you put out that have gone semi-viral just because people are calling you an idiot? Maybe that's just well, another Well, let's talk about that, Brian, because... You had been telling me for so long to go and put video, just whatever reels I'm making on Instagram, just transfer them over to uh, to TikTok, right? And I'm like, yeah. I don't do TikTok. It's another, fo- you know, another thing I have to keep up with, right? And I'm just like, I don't have the time to focus on yet another. Like, this is now four social media platforms that I'm involved in. The more, the and- merrier. <clears throat> exactly. But you're you you make a good point because if you're going to create a vi- a reel or something on Instagram, that's very easily moved over to TikTok. It's the it's just stupid simple. So, oh shit, I, man, is there an echo in here? I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> I'm giving you accolades right now. I'm telling you you're right. You should hear me out. I'm uh. I'm trying to give you a compliment, Brian. You know I and don't so, take compliments well. Come on. I now. know. I know. So I so one day I'm like, OK, I'm making a you are making a Instagram reel because of I'm doing a process that we use on some of our bolts that we use for our the machine. And um, I take that video, make a re- reel out of it on Instagram. And it does really well on Instagram as well. And I, I post it to cross post it to TikTok. Well, my phone just is like lighting up. So I'm getting I'm getting all of these uh, notifications. Instagram, TikTok, Instagram, TikTok. Then it's like TikTok, 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 TikTok. I mean, it's just over and yep. over and over all these notifications. Yeah. And I realized like something's going on. So I look at my messages and sure enough, it's like 
I think in the first hour that TikTok was up, it had over 10,000 views. So it was mm-hmm. like really starting to race up the the ladder. And I was like, oh, look at that. It's going to go wherever. And then um, same with Instagram. Instagram got to 25,000 views and then kind of stalled out. So the main reason for this, though, and again, we've had this conversation so many times about you do something wrong in social media and people love to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. And when I made that real for Instagram, I figured it would be something that people would tell me like, hey, why are you doing this? It makes no sense as to why you would go through this process because we do it over and over and over. Right. And on TikTok, it's the same way. But on TikTok, TikTok's a lot like Facebook where people are just like, you are the biggest moron. You're wasting <laughs> your time. You are an idiot. I can't believe you own a company. Very derogatory stuff. Yeah. Similar to YouTube. I mean, and, I sat um, through and I, I read through a lot of those comments and uh, yeah, they, they get kind of rough. <laughs> they get a little rough. Yeah, you got to have some thick skin. Yeah. But the best part about this is, is that I'm right and they're wrong. So if you told me I'm wrong on TikTok, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself because you're absolutely 100% wrong. And uh, oh. I love being right. And I love uh, the fact that I'm right about this times 100 of those idiots on TikTok telling me I'm wrong. So wait anyway. a second before we go on. Why don't you kind of describe what was the video that went? I mean, what's it at? Like almost two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, two hundred fifty, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty thousand views at this point, and right. thousands of comments. Right. Uh, but the reason why people tell me I'm a moron is because we we buy bolts in bulk that are uh, coated in a zinc coating. I remove the zinc coating because we asked the customer to weld a knob to those bolts. Well, the obvious answer is don't buy bolts that have zinc coating on them. Of course. <laughs> why? You mean they sell bolts without zinc coating? This what? is the first I've heard of this. No. Oh, my gosh. These are special bolts, of course, but no one cares. And and by the way, I did set people up. So if oh, you yeah. told me I'm a moron on TikTok, you were kind of set up. Yeah. Uh, it was because I showed only one bolt. And, and in reality, there's three of them and they get longer and longer than that bolt. So mm-hmm. and they're all fully threaded. So they're three, eight, 16 fully threaded bolts all the way up to three and a half inches. And so when you go to a hardware store, you are not going to find fully threaded bolts. You'll always notice right. that there's a there's like a shoulder or a neck on on these bolts. And th- that's like how they make them, because most people only need the threading towards the end of the bolt. In my case, my design, I need the whole thing threaded for for a particular reason. And um, this is the reason why I buy all these bolts, soak them in vinegar, do the evapo-rust process or whatever, because there's a handful of companies out there. So, And this is the other part about this, Brian, that I really laughed at. So all these people are like, well, you should just go to a machine shop and have these bolts made. Oh, geez, like that's going to be affordable. Oh, come on now. Versus me <laughs> buying the bolts you know, in bulk for like a, a nickel a piece and soaking the, which takes right. no time at all. It's, it's right. You dump them into simple. a bucket that's already pre-set up and then you don't have to think about it. And as long I have as a soaking at- station. Yeah. It's all right. set up for me. I don't have to worry about it too much. It's really not that huge of an inconvenience. If you saw how quickly it works and how easily it works, you'd be like, you'd be like, wow, that's a pretty simple process. But so they're, they're everyone is an expert. So these all these people were telling me to go have these bolts machined. Then I had a bunch of bolt manufacturers. This is the power of TikTok, by the way. People who work for bolt and hardware manufacturers were reaching out to me saying, yep. like, hey, we sell those bolts. 
uh, let us connect with you. And then, of course, I sent them the sizes and then it's crickets. They're like, oh, yeah, right. no, we don't sell yeah, that. Yeah. Of course we don't sell that. Why would we sell that? I mean, of course, right. why would you? This is the whole this is the whole point of this. So at the end of the day, <laughs> I I need to make a recap video, which will not get as many views. Oh, on no, it, like- I would imagine because it's not like people are like, this guy's a freaking idiot, blah, blah, blah. Um, the joke's on you guys, though, because. You're the morons, not me. So <laughs> take that, TikTok. Oh, jeez. Oh, anyway, but I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun with it, and um, and and by the way, I'm totally joking. I think it's great that this exists and that people can call each other morons in public forums or whatever. I think it's totally fine. I don't mind being called that. By the way, I set you up. It's it wasn't like I. It was a. It wasn't really a joke, but it was kind of like, nah, people are gonna tell me I'm an idiot. So, and I knew that. right. And you, you went into it knowing, like, you, you didn't go into it thinking, oh, this is the best process, and nobody will think this is stupid. Like, you, you already knew that this was gonna get some ridicule. I took a page out of Owner Kaglar's book. Yes, he did. And I, he's, he's the king of the troll of the troll. Like he is yeah. the troll mass. He's like the headmaster troll. He's like uh, magic level seven. When it comes mm-hmm. to trolling and he's just like, look, I'm going to do this for a living. And he made a living out of it. There, There's multiple YouTube channels that make livings on doing stuff like this, like telling mm-hmm. people to clean out the inside of gas tanks with like a, a like lighter fluid and a match and stuff like that. It's just, <laughs> it's it's run rampant. It's not a new concept. Right. I didn't I didn't make up this idea myself, but I didn't learn a lot about TikTok because I realized like. My history on TikTok or my my success on TikTok is going to be solely based on me being an idiot on TikTok, I think so. Now, I don't know about don't that know. because, you know, you, you've got one video that went up semi-viral, quarter million views. Now what you need to do is, first of all, when you post something and it go starts to go viral, like you see that 10,000 rollover, that 100,000 rollover, you should not post anything else until that thing stops taking views because you're just okay, burying, I was it, burying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering yeah. that because I started posting other stuff and it got like 2000 views and like right. more views than my other stuff did, you know, because I have more followers now because people are following me to see what else right. I mess up. But well, uh, the thing that I thought yeah. was really bizarre is like you got a quarter million views, but you only have a thousand followers. So people saw it and interacted with it, but didn't follow you. And I think the reason right. was, is you didn't give them the push to follow you or or like or anything like that. You just put yeah, it out there and people yeah i mean and then the the other thing i was going to say is um once you've posted that and it starts to die off you should immediately post something right after that featuring what you make and what you do because people are going to you know want to see what it is like a portion of those followers or a portion of those people that see it are going to go over to your page and watch a couple of your videos to see if you're worth following. Because I don't know about you, if I ever watch anything, YouTube, Instagram, anything, I will see something that I like and then I'll go back and I'll take a random sampling of three three pieces of content to see if they're good. And if all three of them are good or two of the three are good, then I'll follow the person. Unless I know him, of you're course. You're quite the TikTok snob, Brian. I'm, right, I'm, right, I'm amazed. Right. That's your detail, the level of detail that you go through to figure out. You're absolutely right, though, by the way. I do this exact same thing. I'm just joking. I I do the exact same thing on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and YouTube. I, I mean, there's it's basically the same thing. Somebody follows me on Instagram. If I go to their page and they're a knife maker and they make like really cool stuff and they've got really cool like current content, I'll follow them back, you know, right. but if 
here's here's a here's a follow back killer. Your your account is private. Yeah. Your account is private. Yeah. I don't even request it. I'm not right. doing that. And um, but now on TikTok, I need to take that same leap and look at. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you're following Coy Baker from Baker Forge and oh, Tool yeah. on yep. TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that he was he's like doing really well on TikTok. And and you look at some of his stuff and he's just now starting to really climb the ladder as far as going viral on TikTok. So if you're not following Baker Forge and Tool on TikTok, you should. And on Instagram, I can't shout I can't shout those guys out enough because their content, even on YouTube, is fantastic. They're really, really making a go of content creation. And Koi understands the value of creating good content to get new customers. And not only does he know how to do that part of it, uh, he also knows how to provide an awesome customer experience through his product. So just go out and find a Baker Forge and Tool on every platform you're on and go follow them. They're also a patron, so we appreciate you guys. But even if they weren't, I would shout them out because they're just awesome guys all around and and um, they make a good thing. But if you, if you look at his TikTok, I mean, squishing hot steel, just like mm-hmm. on anything, it's it gets views, man, and they're and u- you're they're utilizing it the right the way. The crazy thing is, is he takes that exact same video and puts it in reels and puts it in shorts on YouTube because they're all going they're he all going to do well. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he took it from me, but he's well, definitely doing it. Well, I would I would take credit for it if I were sure, you. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> anyway, all right, getting off the TikTok to- uh, comment or the topic of TikTok. Do you have that uh, clip queued up of Gary V talking? Yeah, right here. You want to play that real quick? Wait, f- before I feel you like play I have a buzz- Hold on. Pause it real quick. Pause. So uh, <laughs> if you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, Gary is uh, a, a heavy hitter when it comes to marketing. He's like a New York guy. Uh, he's awesome story. If you look back on what Gary V has done with his life, his dad started a liquor store, I think in New Jersey or New York. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where. And Gary was working in that liquor store from the time he was like 14 years old and then took that liquor store all the way up and created a social media empire uh, and an online wine store called Wine Library. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing story but what you can garner or take away from Gary's story is that uh, he used social media and marketing to grow his brand I know a lot of people talk like listen to our podcast because we're business focused and uh, if you ever hear me say anything about business or marketing most likely it's like regurgitated content that I picked up from Gary V so Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead Brian play this clip Which is probably true. I'm always like, I don't want to tell anybody because I don't want anybody. Sorry, I hit that incorrectly, my bad. Let's try that one more time. And good ideas. Which is probably true. I'm always like, I don't want to tell anybody because I don't want anybody to steal my idea. But what I've learned as growing up is execution is the hardest part. Execution is everything. I think the reason I've popped is because I'm giving away all my best info for free. I do that because 99% of people don't do anything about it. The punchline is, like, I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you how to make content on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube that can lead to good things. Selling more homes, getting a promotion. I can tell you what to do. The reality is somewhere in my late 20s, early 30s, I'm like, wait a minute people don't do it and you're right execution i feel like i have a bazillion good ideas which is probably true that's 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 the end of the clip okay so you hear what he said this guy comes up to gary he says i have a billion awesome ideas gary's like yep that's true and he's like but i don't want to share any of them because i feel like somebody's going to steal my ideas then he says that's stupid 
and he's absolutely right. This has been my experience. So people always ask me all the time, Brian, you know, you share your entire process. You're sharing all your, you know, the way you design things. You even sell your design. Somebody could just like buy your design and replicate it, which has been done. Uh, you know, all of these things, you know, and people would look at me and think that that's the wrong path. Like that makes no sense. You got to keep your stuff close to your hat or under your hat and close to your chest. And I have found, and I, and by the way, this is a Gary V thing. Like five years ago when I was listening to Gary V talk, he gave basically this exact speech at a Ted talk or something, or one of his like symposium things. And he said, give it all away for free. Benjamin yep. uh, Neruda says the same thing. He follows that exact same thing. Mike Montgomery from Homemade Modern, same concept. Give it away because 99.9% of the people who will see it will never do anything with it. Right. And that 0.1% won't matter anyway. It doesn't matter. Right. And the, the only way to get your ideas, your concepts, and your business idea out there is to share it with others. And so I would like to encourage everyone out there and I and I will say I'm going to try to say this in every podcast episode is that half of your job, half of it is selling. The other half is making whatever you're making. Does that make sense? So yes, if it does. you're making knives, half of your job is to make those knives. The other half is selling those knives. And, and how selling do you sell those them? knives, right? Selling those knives can also just be creating content and showing it off and showing off the process and building 100%. a rapport between you and the audience to make them want to buy from me instead of Joe Blow. One one swipe away, you can find a million other different knife makers. What makes them want to buy a knife from me? Well, it's because you know I'm I'm talking and I'm doing live streams and I'm doing you know, YouTube videos and I'm making posts and I'm doing reels. I'm doing TikToks. I, I basically create this little mini, you know, following of people that want to see me succeed. So they support me through buying a knife. And ultimately the algorithm will treat that as there's a lot of people paying attention to your work and we're going to share your work with new people, which could right. be a potential customer. So if you don't do all of those things, Brian, you're a classic example, by the way, of somebody who followed this concept. Maybe uh, you learned this from your father because he's in sales and marketing and all of that and, and has worked his way up through like, you know, through the corporate world sure. and helped build businesses. And you probably through osmosis or proximity, you've, you know, garnered a lot of that uh, from him. And uh, or maybe, you know, from watching other people do it or whatever, and you feel comfortable enough to do it, which is the reason you're on this podcast, by the way, because you reached out all the time to me saying, mm -hmm. hey, Brian, let's do a live stream. Let's do this. And I'm like, look at your profile when it, before I knew who you were. I'm like, this guy's got 100 followers. Like this guy's got the balls of a freaking uh, silverback gorilla. You know what I mean? Like, I love this. This is the kind of person I want around me because. He's going to make me a better marketer. He's going to make me a better salesperson, a better maker. He's going to make me better because he's got the gumption to go do it. This is why I love Jimmy Duresta, because he's on the other end of the spectrum, which is the same kind of guy who has proven it works. Yeah. So if you are feeling like, oh, I shouldn't share that today. Oh, I've already shared one piece of content today. I'm not going to do that again. You're wrong. I say this to Sarah all the time. She was like, well, when should we post this? My answer is always right now, right. right now. There's no good time. There's no bad time. Post it now. Nobody knows how that algorithm works. So nobody knows it can follow the psychology behind how many people are online at any given time in any mm. given time zone. 
Mm. Post it now. I mean, granted, don't post in the middle of the night. In, in the, <laughs> if you're in the United States, I will say that that's a kind of a death wish. But, you know, anytime between 7 a.m., 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard all the way to 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night Eastern Standard is a good window of time. You know, so, if you're selling to the United States anyways. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm totally on board with that. I, I have gotten to the point where I try to religiously post at 5:30 every evening no matter what and then okay. if i'm working in the shop i'll do a live stream or you know either on instagram or tiktok during the day um i don't i guess maybe that's my issue is i've i've been seeing that i've been kind of plateauing and not getting a lot a lot of traction outside of my core viewers well let me let me run something past you if you're posting every day at 5:30 p.m. would you say that people are creatures of habit or routine I mean, for the most part, yeah. Okay, so then, then it's time to switch up your time frames and start yeah. gr- grabbing some of those people who are on Instagram at seven a.m. Yeah, or, yeah. or eight a.m. Because I'm like you. I think in terms of you know repetitive. If I have it set up at a specific time to drop or whatever, that makes sense to me. But at the same time, you're only going to get those people who are in Instagram. You know, a lot of people at five thirty are preparing dinner or or, That's true. or eating That's dinner true. with their family. So think about it like that. I will encourage you, Brian. I'm going to do let's just do a social media checkup on you. I, I need to I need to look into Brian Cone Knives here on Instagram. We're going to start there. You are you just hit 2000 followers. Congratulations. That is a big deal, dude. That's on Thank Instagram. You. It is Thank so you. tough to do. So 2006 follows for B dot cone knives and cone is K O H N knives. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's insane. So 2006 followers on Instagram, uh, where are we at on TikTok? I, I'm not going to open TikTok cause it'll start blasting me in the face with 17.1,000 last time I checked. Okay. So 17 yeah. and change. So that's huge. And where are we at on YouTube? Do you know? YouTube, we're just coming up on 3,000. So that's yeah. another big number. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's been a long struggle. It's been, you know, a lot of, basically what I was trying to get to was, you know, I've been trying to You're post. You're wearing a bald every, man shirt in your last YouTube video Yes, I was. Well. Yes, I, like I was. <laughs> I've been I like trying that. to, um, I also wore a Donnie Dulovich in a recent um, episode as well. So that's, everyone who sends oh, me Donnie. shirts. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. who sends me shirts, I'm going to try to get them into content for sure. But what I was trying to talk about is, you know, I try to post every single day at 5:30. My challenge now is to, you know, basically, you know, I've been doing the live streams. I'm going to try to break that up a little bit and just take random pictures and post throughout the day to try to break that up a little bit, try to get out of I my, like you know, core bubble. Because all it takes is just a couple minutes to take a picture of what you're working on, as long as it's interesting. Maybe you can pose it up, make it look look kind of cool or whatever. And, you know, who knows? It's it's a crapshoot. Some of them might get one view. Some of them might blow up like your TikTok did. Who knows? Yeah. I, I just post anything and everything. Just if I'm in the if I'm in that content creation space where I feel like I can do it. Uh, I've hit I'm in the middle of prototyping like three different things right now. And it's very difficult for me to switch gears and pay attention yeah. to social media when I'm yeah. doing that work. It's very mentally taxing and fatiguing. So it's like, I just know that if I give myself a month to prototype these machines, get them done, and then when I start building them, that's when I 
that's you know i'm doing all cad work anyway so it's, it's really not it's boring stuff i am actually doing some 3d printing stuff now too so it's uh, Dude, real quick that's that's huge on tiktok just put up a uh um time lapse of watching something grow out of out of 3d printing and that'll blow up on tiktok i bought the camera that does those time lapses there you go there you go so and it and i'm not real good with these like chinese manuals that don't you know the translation is really bad so um it i have a print going right now that's 61 hours long because i know what (laughs) it's 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 a the ribbon burner mold. So I I prototyped a ribbon burner. Fill? No, no, it's thirty percent. So oh my god, it's it's five pieces. So it's five separate pieces that click together. And okay. I designed it in Fusion. And uh, so the first prototype came out great. I I did a just a standard like if you can imagine a, a ribbon burner cup that just holds it. It's just a very rudimentary, but you had to break the three D mold away from it. Okay. I wanted to prove that I could pour refractory into 3D printed something or other and make it work. Like it wouldn't, you know, break apart or leak or whatever. I proved that. The ribbon burner came out like flawless. It's perfect. Okay. So then I just took that same design and I made a breakaway mold. Well, the breakaway mold is, um, you know, 61 hour print. And the first. So it printed for nine hours and the camera that I bought it, what it does is you, you know, you load the G code into the camera. Oh, so the camera knows when to take the photo. If that makes sense. Cause there's like, it's a time lapse. So you don't want the head inside of the, of the picture. You want the head in a position where, um, that, you know, it's, it's all timed out or whatever. And it makes sense to do it that way. To derail you ever so slightly. I've seen where people have, had their thing going and and they basically 3d print off a little like little like yes arm and yes. that arm once it once the head goes out of reach of the camera whatever the view is it'll actually hit the shutter to to hit the the uh, picture on the timeline yes i believe that's how chad from chad's customs custom yeah. creations does it on uh, from the working hands podcast and it's uh this this is different. This is a camera that runs your G code, and it and the so the problem with that that system where and and I maybe Chad you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. It takes longer because the arm has to move over and actually snap the photo, and like you know trigger the camera. Oh. Whereas this one, it, it continuously, continuously printing. It continuously yeah. prints. It's called a Beagle camera or something like that. It wasn't expensive. It was like eighty dollars. Okay. And um and the time lapse came out great for the part that it printed. Well, then the freaking camera crashed, oh, and it geez. took the print with it. So oh. I'm like nine hours in, and I can't you know rebuild the print. Oh. Um, now I have learned because through another failure. So the print has been going now for fifty five hours, and I came in this morning to find that my PLA had uh, twisted up and and <sighs> jammed the print. And it spaghettied out. And it well, no, it didn't spaghetti. It just stopped feeding the PLA, which is a better, which okay. is better. And um, so you can actually go into your G code, find the height of where your print is, and you can delete the G code and send it to print, and it'll actually continue. Okay. That that learning that though took me about two and a half hours this morning. Super frustrating experience, but at least I learned I learned a ton about G code and understanding how that works. Um, 
so it's not a, a total loss. But the so I should have that uh, 3D printed breakaway ribbon burner mold. And the the whole point of this is is that I'm going to print a whole bunch of these, and then I'm going to be able to pour like 10 or 20 ribbon burners at once. So that that way I can just get them all produced and ready to go uh, ship with the Apollo Forge uh, kits. As I started thinking about it, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to talk somebody through printing this thing. It's going to take a long time. And then, you know, then they have to pour the refractory. I might as well just build the ribbon burners here. I think it just makes the most sense. I will include the 3D printable files and all of that. If somebody did want to do that, that'll be a separate package where you can just make your own ribbon burner or whatever. But but in this case, I think there's going to be enough market for just the already prefabricated burners, which will sell mm-hmm. on their own anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm looking at from a product production standpoint, I think this is the best way of doing it. And I'm using Castellite 30, which has a, a rating of 3000 Fahrenheit. There you go. Which means that we will be able to easily convert this exact ribbon burner, slightly modified, to do a foundry project, which we talked about in a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Yes, it did. And then I'll be able to send one to Spencer up in Alaska, and he will be able to uh, do some testing for uh, that uh, to make his Woots steel, which I am 100% behind, and I want to support his work in some way. And I feel like that's the best way to do it is to send the guy you know, awesome tools to make. Woots. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, so. I've, I've been loving that theory with all the people that have been sending me things lately. How much of a modification do you need to do to pull that off? Like, is it, is it like just changing out a few parts? Is it setting it up on its side? Like, how does that look? It's setting it up on its side. Exactly. Okay. So this ribbon burner is nine by three and a 10 kilogram crucible it's perfect. Most of these guys, and I think Spencer, correct me if I'm wrong, you're using a uh, Venturi burner, like an atmospheric burner, which is just a single, you know, one inch head or two inch head. And this is a game changer because it's a forced air burner that's three by nine. So it'll distribute the heat completely differently inside of the for- inside of the foundry itself. It'll be more of an even heat rather than, a you know, just a focused heat in one spot. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't think it much. It'll need much at all. Just turned on its side and maybe some plumbing. You know, just the okay. difference in how the air is delivered. But uh, and also probably moving everything further away since it is so hot. So like instead right. of the twenty minute twenty inch drop, we'll probably move it like thirty or forty inches away to keep everything from melting. Because you know, now that drop, you're talking about the tube that separates the fan from the forge itself, correct? Correct, and okay. that will be on its side, so it'll have to just it'll just move away. It'll you know move down the way a bit. Um, in, in my case, or, or or not? I mean, you could potentially. I don't know. You want the foundry on the ground because you need to be able to lift right. things in and out of it. So no, it wouldn't be able to go down. But mm. but uh, but yeah. So anyway, do, I'm working on that. I'm also working on a big. Uh, like a machine, a different type of project that's grinder oh, related. So I've got that going on. You've got I, the you know, true tilt selling like hotcakes. True tilt. Yeah, damn, uh, yeah, we've got a few left uh, on the true tilt side. We ran out of some parts on, for the true tilt arm and stuff like because we sold out. I mean, it was nuts. Like the, the reception of selling those true tilts is unbelievable. And um, anyway, super busy in my workshop right now, prototyping things. I've talked enough, Brian. Tell us <laughs> what you have going on it in your has, workshop. I've been working on a whole nother batch. Um, I'm up through heat treat. I just got all of the bevels ground, and now I have all the handle materials glued, liners glued to material. So that's all gluing up. 
And when Luckily, you say a batch, are these are these uh, a batch of uh, like custom knives or like uh, what what exactly are you working on? So normally I do a batch, let's say of 12 and 10 of them will already be pre-sold. And then I'll have a couple thrown in there of stuff that I'll send off to the couple spots that have my knives in it. Um, gotcha. So actually this one, it's about 50 50 where most uh, it's about 50 percent of them are unclaimed. And just oh. little projects that I've been kind of working on, so, you know, basically my shop, I'm going through kind of a lull right now where I don't have a whole lot of orders coming in. And I'm this is like my last batch of orders that I've had, you know, from a while ago. Um, so I'm doing half of the batch is is clearing out the rest of my books. And then the other half is just little projects like I've I had a cleaver that I was working on that I set aside. I have a couple other knives that, you know. They, they were originally for one customer, but then they didn't like it. So I thought, eh, let me go ahead and, you know, change it out a little bit. Let's do something kind of experimental with it. Basically, it's all these little projects that I've basically all put together in one big batch, and I'm getting these through. And then, uh, yeah, if I don't get some orders, I, it's looking kind of rough over here. <laughs> well, let me, let me give you some historical sales data. Typically... Yeah, right now is the lull. Summer sure. is the worst. Yeah. 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 I mean, people are not focusing on buying things. They're traveling, and especially with the right. pandemic, like changing, lifting, you know, things like that. Um, <clears throat> you're going to see, definitely going to see, like, a change, you know, in, in your in your sales. Oh, no. This and I, why, I keep my books. I keep my books. And I know exactly, like, right now, basically, it's right after. you could see, right? Right like after Christmas is a giant crash, right after or right in the middle of summer is a giant crash, and then it all ramps up from here. So I'm not like super worried, but you know, it's still it still will kind of put a little bit of fear of God in you. <laughs> it does. It makes you think, you know, you're like, yeah, well, maybe yeah. today's the day the tap shuts off. But right. uh the... But the other thing the other thing Go that on. I've been doing in my shop, of course it's it's crazy hot, but um I basically I have between now and August I have pretty much every single weekend booked out with Kyle to film some big videos. So I've got eight separate videos that we're in the process of filming. So yeah, we're, we're basically just going to be hammering on video, 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 because basically right now is his lull with his job where he has sure. every single weekend. He actually has Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'll be doing Fridays and Saturdays filming with Kyle pretty much every single weekend. So yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot of production on that for sure. Other than that, it's just been kind of hammering on knives. Um, oh, the other thing is, of course, I I talked about a couple different places. I, I got um, more of those uh, production knives. So I have, I have 10 chef knives. Two of them already, well, actually three of them are spoken for. And then two, or I got 10 more of those EDC threes. And I've got two of those already spoken for. But the rest of them, hey, they're out for sale. If, if somebody wants a less expensive uh, production knife, hey, hit me up. Hit me up. Yeah, I I saw the post that you put up yesterday about the uh the production run and those yeah. knives look fantastic. Those are um that's like a what, 7-inch, 6-inch chef it's, knife. It's actually it's 7 and 3 quarters inch chef knife. Almost 8 okay, almost yeah, 8 yeah. inches. AEBL stainless. And actually it's N690. Re- so I I got oh. them of course. I got them from um TR Maker. And use gotcha. over in TR Maker. He couldn't get any ABL this round. And the closest steel we could find was N690, which from everything that I've looked is almost damn near, you know. That's a stainless, isn't right. it? Right. It is stainless. Yeah. It is almost as good as ABL. Some some people like it more. Some people like it less. I, I don't really know. Like as much. with everything, everyone has right. a, an right. opinion. Yeah. 
uh, well, I will say those are very reasonably priced and yeah. I, they for, for what they are. And I think you're going to sell out. I definitely think you should like ramp that up for Christmas, you know, get a bunch of those in stock and ready to go. I'd have like yeah. 20, 30 of them. You know, I think you could, get, well, you could really push them. Well, you know, just like everything right now, you know, with orders not coming in, my books are looking a little bit slimmer and slimmer. So I'm, I'm going to hold up. I'm basically going to try to sell these ones out buy a bunch more and try to get back through like that. But gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely planning on doing like a big, Hey, I've got these get them while they're hot because I mean, I made the one post because I'm, I'm making one of the chef knives up for Kawa Jeanette. So Carol and Jeanette, oh, yeah. because we we're doing this trade where she made me or she is in the process of making me some spoons and I'm trading one of these knives for it. So that's, that's kind of a fun thing we're doing. I love um, that. I love that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, other than that, it's just been kind of a lot of working out in the heat and trying not to get heat stroke. <laughs> yes, hydration. Stay hydrated. Yeah. Stay. Try to stay cool. A fan helps big time if you don't have yeah. AC. And uh, my my awesome. big thing is I've basically just been waking up at four, trying to be in the shop by five, and try to be that out of the shop by two. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the yeah. hottest time of the day is that afternoon, that late afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not sure. fun, but you got to do what you got to do. You got to work for it, Brian. That's what, Hell it's, yeah. that's what it is. Hell yeah. I, I love your day. dedication to your craft. I really do. I really do. <clears throat> I I have one more thing um, I wanted to just briefly talk about. Uh, we did sell our buildings, the ones that we had uh, uh, down in downtown Naples. And then we hemmed and hawed about expanding our workshop or our space anyway. For oh, housing. come on. You got to do it. And <clears throat> do you believe in like divinity or uh, some people would call it serendipitous uh, behavior or serendipity or like uh, kismet or whatever. It's <laughs> like basically one thing it happens that kind of sends you a sign that the fates you know, are aligning to make yeah, it. So. Fate. Fate yeah. is a good thing. So we get an off, we get offers to the sell the two buildings, like within days of each other. Like, okay, I think it was like one day I got an offer. It was like a cash deal. It was good nice. enough, whatever, closing, quick closing. And then the other one came through the next day. And then as I'm like, we're dealing with all of the paperwork of that, I noticed my neighbors are moving out of their unit. <clears throat> and, I, and I was like, uh, okay, what's going on there? So I, <clears throat> I messaged the broker who handles all these, uh, these units in here. And I said, what's going on with the, with the neighbors next door? And she's like, <clears throat> she's like, well, they they just didn't renew their lease. And I was like, okay. I said, well, what's that look like? And she told me what it would cost to, you know, rent it or whatever. And you know, my take on this is like, if you have the money, you should buy it if you can. I mean, that's like right. the thing. If you can do it, you should buy it. Well, we had just sold these two buildings. So you had the and, liquid cash and we had the liquid cash and you can do it in the United States. You can do what's called a 1031 exchange where you, where you sell something that's an investment and then you roll that money over to another investment and you don't pay capital gains taxes, which is Hell like 20%, yeah. right? So it's like saving us money to expand basically. There you go. So we we bought the building next to us. With so the is it is it building. right next door? Like it's the right one next door. door. Ne so you can yep. tear down the wall. We could if we wanted to. We're not going to. What we're going to do is put like a man door or maybe an overhead door so we can drive the forklift between. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because there that's going to be more warehouse over there okay. and storage of parts and, and things that need to stay somewhat clean. And mm-hmm. then Sarah's office will go over there. The computers will go over there. And then this building that we're in will be the, you know, dusty, dirty workshop style, uh, you know, where I won't feel as bad about, you know, running the plasma cutter and the grinders and all that while Sarah's trying to do her work and stuff. So, yeah, we expanded. We doubled you, our space. So we'll have almost 3,000 square feet. So that'll be now, that'll be awesome. Do you feel like Jeremy from Simple Little Life where you have so much damn room you don't know what to do with it? You know what? Uh, I'm super <laughs> jealous of Jeremy at the moment watching his uh, workshop build-out videos on YouTube. Oh I'm like, God. son of a bitch. Look at the size <laughs> of that building. And uh, Jeremy, man, you are crushing it. I can't believe how quick he's getting set up. I'm yeah, like, yeah. whoa. Man, he's do, he's crushing it. He you can tell he's absolutely loving it as right. he should. I mean, he moved from a three car garage, basically a big three car, but still, I mean, his his new uh, space is just amazing. So yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that's all I got going on, and uh, I couldn't do the expansion work without you guys supporting the work that I do and Brian does, and right here on the Work for It podcast, it it, it is it is truly humbling. It is. I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the whole world. I really do, and I just wanted everybody to know. Thank you so much, um, and my level of appreciation is beyond words. And um, we are gonna just keep moving onward and upward, and making and building new things. And I truly appreciate the love and support. So thank you so much. Speaking of the love and support, you want to go through our our um, our Patreon count? The patrons, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's look here. I believe we've we've added a, a, a few or a couple. Uh, nice. Look here, I'm uh, getting all these notifications now from Patreon. You are making too much money on Patreon. You need to <laughs> need to fill out this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, well, I don't like giving you my stuff, but whatever. Um. Actually, we've added one. We added one. We are hey, up to 75. That is a very valued one. We value very all 75 one. of you guys. That that one that we have added, I'm going to um, read these backwards today. Ooh, all right. So we'll just switch it up a little bit. Um, so the new one is Noah Jacobs from right. NJ Custom Knives. Noah, we appreciate you, buddy. Um, so thank you so much. Let's go down this list. Ethan J. Taylor, which is Ethan the Hat on Instagram. Uh, Gilles Peltier. I think I'm saying that correctly. So when you said that you're going to read this backwards, you you don't actually read the word backwards. Not, I know. It sounds that way. <laughs> it's funny because I said it. And you know how many because we have a lot of like Canadians which have French heritage or some of them speak French like pickle cutters. He he you know, he speaks French yeah. and he sent me the message in fact, if let me just see if I could find it because it's really funny. He's like, "This is how you say it," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, and <laughs> and and then I wrote him right back and I said, "There's no way I'm gonna be able to pronounce that, right. so I should probably just play it back, play his voice back on every episode or record it and then play it in the, the microphone." When, see, when this we- is just just <laughs> another reason why you should record all of these, and then you can just add this little bit where it's just pickles. Where it's just his name. voice saying it. Right. Yeah, I was like, right. okay. Um, all right, let me look here. Pick a, see, he, if I can find it. And it's, it's really funny because he he voice recorded it. for It's this. This is how you say it. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. 
I'm digging. I'll have to edit this out. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, I'm going to find it, Brian. This is very important. All right, Mark LeBlanc. Here we go. Uh, Here it is. Here it is. Gilles Pelletier. Gilles All right, so did you get that? Gilles Pelletier. Okay, got it. Okay. Uh, Dustin Shaner. Appreciate you, Dustin. Spencer at Heavy Forge. That's Spencer Scanson, the, the master of Woots, the general general manager of Woots Incorporated. Aru Bladeworks, Jason Duguay, Darren at Stormlight Forge, Coy Baker, Austin Saunders of High Caliber Craftsman, Parable Custom Knives, that's Manny G, Jake Largan, Gage Broski, Bremer Built Knives, Brian Hinnenkamp of Tortuga Bladeworks, Ron Hips at RH Maker Solutions, my mad scientist of surface grinders and other attachments for the revolution. Love that surface grinder. Oh, baby. New Forest Forge, Stu, Mil- Stu Middleton, Zachary Sowell at Pater Nostri Fabrica, Timber Tiger Forge, that's Chris Magnus, Woodland Iron, Tony over Woodland Iron, Lando Novak, a.k.a. the Abstract Blacksmith, got tons of great feedback about that show, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody love you, loves you, Lando. So, man, uh, what a great uh, podcast that was uh, with you. Great Truly podcast, great guy. Really yeah, great, great guy, guy, too. Adrian Brielle at Adrian Brielle underscore Forge. Kyle Daly of KH Daily Knives. Todd Harrington at TH Blades. Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations. Sven Njord Artisan. Chris Larson, the Midnight Maker, Reaper Metalworks. What's up, Bobby? My cousin and Forge and Fire champion, Iyer Housewart. Jeremy at four one nine Forging. Toby Mural at UK Knife Maker Supplies or U Knife Maker Supplies. Um, is his website? It's U Knife Maker So if you're looking for knife stuff in the UK, go over there. Justin Yahima at handmade underscore by underscore Kai. That's K-A-I. Matt Baker at DIY Europe. Benjamin Mullins. Wesley Crum. Matthew Angel at ad.knifeworks. Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell. Zach Byrne at Burn Blades. Nate Wapole of Walrus Steel. Jared at Echo Blades. Brad over at Troxclair Custom Cutlery. Uh... Neil at Maximus Knives, Donnie Dulovich, TMO Knives, that's Thomas Moberg, Dennis Terrell, Leon Shanks at Two Birds Blade Works, uh, Jared Weaver at Weaver's Custom Metalworks, a.k.a. the master of metal manipulation on Instagram, BexArmory.com, Knife Supply, or MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. We appreciate you, Lawrence. Thank you so much. Oxford Blade Co., Oxford Blade Co., uh, Carol Ann Jeanette Racine, she's Kawa Jeanette on Instagram. Uh, Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works, we appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you so much. The Working Hands Podcast. If you're not listening to the Working Hands Podcast, you need to. It's awesome. If you like this podcast, go check that one out. Brian Absher over at Moonshine Leatherworks. Knifematerial.at. Cardoso Knives in Portugal. Uh, James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Knives. Crafty Man Forge with a K. Ken Kemna, Mark LeBlanc, which is Papa underscore Hatch underscore X. Uh, that's X A X E. Uh, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. Bob at Shed underscore 72. Keith Drennan of Blackthorn Concepts. We appreciate you, Keith. Menster underscore Hill underscore Forge. Scott Wilkerson at Phoenix Works. That's Works with a K. 
or ERK works. Uh, Brigham Kindell, Bob Ryan, Eric at Overall Maker Works. We appreciate you, Eric. Jamie Blow, Michael Nye, Noah Bloomberg of Antioch River Forge, Devin and Dustin O'Hara of the Art of Craftsmanship, Justin Miller of Florida Man Forge, Mark Vanderwerf of 118 Blades, and last but not least, our longest running uh, patron, Marcus, over at MW Steelworks. We appreciate all 75 of you, and if you are interested in supporting our work, if you feel like you get some value out of what you're listening to, right here on the Work For It podcast. We would love it if you uh, contributed to our bucket so that we can travel and go to these shows like Bladeworks and Maker Camp and all these other things. Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that dollar month isn't a whole lot. And speaking of, when when is our next thing that we're getting together? Maker Camp would make the most sense. I yeah. don't know if I'm gonna be able to go down. Uh-oh. So I'm oh, yeah, I've hit some snags with travel okay. this year. Okay. So uh right. but it's possible. It's man, I've got a like I got I can't even talk about because it it's kind of top secret. So but okay. I I've got something that sort of overlaps. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, I mean, hey, we'll figure something else out. Or maybe, you know, Ben and I could just come down to your shop and help you move into this new big spot and, you know, make something dude, like that work. Dude, I like that concept. Make I, I mean, there's a lot. That. There is a lot that needs to be done over there that you and Ben could both really help me with. We should discuss that. And then you That's guys can idea. come down and do, do some other stuff while you're here, too. Even sure. if you gave me, like, a five days or something, like, that would yeah. be tons of help. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, for sure. You want to go through WFI projects? Sure. I, I, I actually have one already picked up. I've got RC Knives 39. He's been working on this. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure what to call this. It looks like it has a spear point on it, but it's got a lot of really cool rock texturing all across it. And the thing that I love about this is this Kydex sheath that he made for it. Um, yes. I I recently got into Kydex and I've just made a couple of sheaths and I of course the second the second Kydex sheath I've ever made of course I made a video on it. Sweet, um, it's not good. It's definitely it's definitely a little bit rough around the edges, but yeah, this one looks like a really well done. I'm really surprised he only has um two he has the the loops that go over it so it can be carried on your belt, but he doesn't have anywhere else. Like I I put in a couple rivets all the way around it. Um, I'm really surprised that he only has the two connection points, and that must be good enough to hold it together. I would Maybe. say it's good enough. Uh, the rivets, I think, in this case would be an overkill because it's such a short knife. Right. Well, maybe that's maybe that's the way to go then. I'm I'm definitely looking at doing a lot more Kydex. Specifically, you know, of course, I love my leather guy. The The work that he does is phenomenal, but... You know, not everyone wants a leather sheath, and especially yeah. with these production knives, when I'm doing the EDC threes, they're gonna come with a Kydex sheath. So I need to learn how to make Kydex sheaths well. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, bald man uh, Brent, he made me a really great thicker clipper and uh, gave me a leather sheath for it. But I'm actually gonna have him, or I would like to learn how to do it too, is have him make me a, a Kydex version of that sheath because. I want to wear it on the outside of my belt mm-hmm. uh, because I'm pulling it in and out of my pocket so much. I keep yanking mm-hmm. the thing out and he gave me a utility clip, but it's just not quite, I can't get it to all fit up. So um, I'm, I'm like thinking Kydex would be a cool thing. 
And then, um, and then I would learn a little bit about Kydex because I want to figure well, out how to work. The thing that I found was that it's really inexpensive and it's also really relatively easy. Like, of course, you're going to screw up your first one because that's that's just the way of things. But my the second one that I made, the one that I made while making the video, it came out looking fairly decent in my eye. Did you do a post on it at all? I know you said video, but did you like put anything up on Instagram or anything? No, that was I literally finished it. And that later that day, I took it out to the customer. Because they were low. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. I didn't, I didn't, I should have stopped and taken a lot more pictures and a lot more, you know, B-roll and stuff like that. But sure. Customers right there, ready, ready to have it. So they were excited. I needed to get it to them. Hey, but it's all good. There's always the next one. Yep. RC knives, uh, 39, go follow him. It yeah. Looks if like you're not he following is, Ru- yeah. Ruben, Ruben. Yeah. Uh, he's com- at 758 camera. followers. So let's jump. Yeah. Right he up a little he bit. needs some love on Instagram. Yeah. Go follow his stuff. He's such a nice guy too. Uh, I, I was looking at Ben's bites. Um, he says it's in mine, it's featured, but it's actually 34 weeks old. It's like an old photo in my, and (laughs) it's a, it looks like a Gyoto or I don't know what this is. Yeah. I'd say this is a Gyoto, but it's like a hand hammered Gyoto with a, I think he just, I'm not sure if he made the knife or or if he just made the handle, but either way, it's a beautiful piece, and uh, it's it's I just really love it. Ben, your your work is ever growing better, so I love it, dude. My next one is DL underscore underscore blacksmithing underscore knife make. Wait, I've got to push it. Knife making. I didn't know if it was okay. going to say knife maker or knife making. But he made this straight razor that he shaved his head with. And, of course, there's a video to it. So let's go ahead and listen to that. To the straight razor here. Going to take a couple passes on my head, see how it works. No freaking way. Yeah, he literally shaves the top of his head. And let you can hear it. I'm watching it. Oh my god! Oh, did a pretty good my. job. Oh, oh, can you see the oh god! <laughs> oh my god! And then there's, there's a follow-up. The results of the shave oh, with the bro. straight razor. Overall, pretty happy with it. A uh, couple spots where I noticed it was starting to get dull, but I didn't strop it in between, so that's to be expected. Uh, all gotta say for my first or second straight razor, this one being made out of better steel. And also uh, ground a lot finer. I'm pretty happy. Yeah. So DL underscore blacksmithing underscore knife making. His name is <laughs> Dustin Lowen. Uh, he has 188 followers. You need to go watch this guy shave his own head <laughs> with a straight razor that he made. It's fascinating and scary all at the same time. But Dustin, nice job, man. I can't Dude. believe how much hair it took off in the first swipe. I mean, right. And his as a hair person, is not short. I mean, it's like it's like a half inch long. I mean, it's- yeah, <laughs> as a person who shaves my head on the week on a weekly basis, that is ballsy. <laughs> That's ballsy. <laughs> that like, is I would slice like, my head. I would oh slice my, my freaking head open. All right. You know, uh, what? it pair- makes me it makes me want to try it. I want to try making one now and shave my head with it. Maybe that's a video. Be careful. Be careful, Brian. Um, All right. Parable.custom.knives. He's a patron of ours. He did these four etched 
uh, like dark etched. They look like uh, just little EDCs or like hunters or something. They're they're uh, really clean. I, mean, I love 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 this shape. In fact, I've made a few knives that are this exact, uh, almost this exact same profile, and I just love them. They're like some of my favorite knives. Uh, so Parable, nice job. Go follow Parable at the time of this recording. He has 250 followers. He needs some love. And he also did a really cool video on using a T-shirt press to warm oh. up his Kydex. I don't know if you saw that. But um, if you dig into his feed, he uses a like a there's like a tabletop T-shirt press that like T-shirt manufacturer manufacturers use. I don't know if it's to set the ink or if it's like to uh, like when you fold a T-shirt to like make it flat but it warms up your Kydex to the perfect temperature and then you're able to make your sheaths. So that's kind of interesting too. I know we've talked about this quite a bit, but Tyrell knife works with that leather apron put on by Ben Butler. Holy cow. Man, this thing looks so sharp. This thing I was is disappointed gorgeous. that he didn't model it with nothing else on. I was really <laughs> hoping that Dennis would just wear the apron and that's it. But uh, unfortunately he's wearing clothes under uh, the apron what are you doing, Dennis? Missed opportunity. I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking goofy. Fucking goofy. I mean, Goodness. just imagine Dennis in that apron with that. No, I don't want to imagine. No, I don't else. want to. <laughs> just imagine. Come on. What are you doing to me, man? Hashtag hunks of Instagram. Ugh. Dennis Terrell. <laughs> Triple I mean, T Thursday. Everybody's into their own thing. You know, it's it's not my thing, though. All right. But anyway, Ben, you did a great job on that. We miss you, buddy. Ben Ben is traveling right now. Yeah. He was out. He was in Pennsylvania. Then he was in New York. And now he's like stuck somewhere in an airport. Yeah. It sounded like his uh, flight got delayed. That super sucks. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the stack of knives that uh, Kyle is working on over at KH Daily Knives? Talk about it, man. It is. There's got to be 30 knives here. And he did jimping on all of them. I'm assuming, Kyle, you profile all these out by hand. Dude, if you want to know the definition of, like, hard work, go look at KH Daily Knives on Instagram. Uh, Right now, he has 3,569 followers. He is one of the hardest working, nicest people I have ever met. He is just such a good guy. And, I mean, to watch his production level, I mean, he's just crushing it. Crushing it in his garage. He's got a snapback hat and everything. <laughs> I'm going to bring up Kawa Jeanette like we always do. She's actually showing off one of the spoons that she made for me out of black walnut. This thing oh is absolutely God, gorgeous. Thing is so beautiful. dude. Holy this, cow. I'm so jealous. I'm, I want this. I want this so bad. Yeah. It's the, the her like the craftsmanship that she does with these things is just mm-hmm. off the charts. Good. Dude, so I good. feel like I'm getting an absolute steal with this trade, man. Um, I'm doing yeah, one. Of, of course, I'm doing the, the I'm doing one of my stainless chef knives and she's doing black walnut. So she's also getting black walnut on her handles. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. So it's going to be kind of a nice little tie in there. But holy cow, are these things just masterfully made? I'm putting disgust on the podcast. Oh, shoot. I forgot to do that. I'll yeah, I've been doing do that. that. So if you see that uh, discussed on the podcast uh, and just know that we talked about it on that episode, um, I plucked one out. Uh, where was it? Oh, uh, since we were talking about Kydex, uh, CAC, uh, yeah, K-Hack, I was gonna bring up that Cutlery. Yeah, yeah. He's doing some cool carbon fiber 
Um, I think he it's molding these whole stack whole text sheaths, which must, it looks like carbon fiber, but it must be Kydex or a mix of the two. And um, he shows his process as to how he forms them before he cuts them down, which is pretty cool. That's something we I got to get into. Brent, we got to get into this. I know Brent does a ton of Kydex. I yeah, that whole stacks with that that carbon fiber look. That's definitely something I'm going to need to pick up. So, hey, what's do you know the if difference? they do you know if they possibly sell that over at Maritime Knife Supply? Hmm, I don't know. Do you know but anything about imagine, Maritime Knife Supply? I would imagine if you asked Lawrence over at maritimeknifesupply.com that he would be able to find it for you if they don't already have it in their awesome huge inventory of amazing products that they will ship to you extremely fast at a great price over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, one of our sponsors. And just so you know, I'm not just a whore talking about how much I love Lawrence. He's a good friend of mine. He's don't get maker. us wrong. Don't get us wrong. Brian is a whore, but you know, he's not just a whore on this one. Look, man, 20 bucks <laughs> is 20 bucks. That's all I'm saying. But I'll tell you, Lawrence is a maker, fast delivery, amazing logistics. I've when I was at Blade Show, he came down, flew down for a couple of days, and Lawrence and I had the opportunity to sit down and I got to see his workflow. The dude is a maniac. I mean, he has everything spread with spreadsheets and all you, you know what it takes to make a good business run, especially e-com these days. He knows how to do it, and he's doing it well. Plus, you can take advantage of the United States to Canadian exchange rate. You can save a little money. It gets to you fast. He ships every day to the United States. Uh, good guy, solid dude, and go support our sponsor, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Thanks again. Now, we're talking about Kydex with Maritime Knife Supply. I know that he sells that stuff because I I bought the foam and the Kydex from him to make it. Oh, you know. Oh, I see. You were setting me up. I was trying to. I was trying to make that nice and smooth. But now now that that. I've talked about it, you know. I like that. Makes it a lot smooth. This is how it's done. You're like turning into a professional podcaster. You're like doing the whole volleyball technique where you're like, okay, I'm going to volley this over to Brian. Hope he's smart enough to catch on. (laughs) In which this case I was. So, yeah. Yeah, dude. So all we're right. an Any, hour you, in. You know you what happens pull? at an hour in. It, yeah. All right. You're right. We should get out a dad joke. I've got a bunch. Let me just uh, pull out one more WFI project because I've got sure. to pull up my dad joke database. The dad, the database. The database. Get it? Wow. That's good. Colin underscore Hayworth. He's been working on these. It looks like it, they're either earrings or maybe pendants, but these things look like really, really well made. I mean, it, it honestly looks like something that you can make out of any sort of scrap out of anything that you've, you're making up some knives, drop a little bit of steel. Hey, shoot, maybe that could be a whatever. Save that little bit of scrap Damascus or whatever you're working on and make something like this. Not saying that this looks like scraps, but it's really, really well made. Um, what does this say? It's made out of Damascus from Baker Fortune Tool, of course. That's why it looks so damn good. But yeah, really cool little pendants, earrings, something along those lines. Go check them out. Colin underscore Hayworth at Spring, Texas. I like Colin a lot. 418 followers. He's a funny guy. This dad joke comes to me from two of my favorite Canadians in a long list of my favorite Canadians. Uh, this actually was sent to me by both uh, Mark LeBlanc, 
who's a patron, and Nick Picklecutters, Tobin. Uh, I just noticed two large bumps on my car battery. I had them tested, and one came back positive. I hope it's not terminal. <laughs> lots and lots of double speak in those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh boy, that's a funny one. That was said. That was said to me twice in one day. I assume wow. what I assume is there's a network of Canadians working round the clock on producing <laughs> the finest dad jokes money could buy. And then there's a network of them. They're all talking to each other like, no, oh, I want to send it to Brian. No, let me send that to Brian. And then bang. It's just, it's, it works like clockwork. So if you have a dad joke, just flood his inbox. It already happens. You don't have to say this. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I get probably 10 a day now. It's it's pretty fantastic. What's hilarious is I haven't gotten hardly any. So it's 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 Reroute funny. Reroute the of dad course. jokes to Brian, please. Well, the, Send them to of Brian course, Tom. it's not going to work because I'm playing the trombone. I can't, I can't tell the joke and play the trombone at the same time. I could do like a you. mouth trombone. Oh. Yeah, I mean, bad. sure, sure, that sounds decent. We could share the responsibility. I'm just saying, <laughs> share the love just a little bit. So, what else so, is going on, man? Okay, so I, I hesitate to talk about this because it's not a final deal yet, but. I've got an offer from uh, I got an, an email today from a guy named Dan Cohn. Do you know Dan Cohn? It's spelled the exact same way as your what? name. What? I doubt he from? it. I doubt. I don't know. I well, I know the company he works for. Okay. He works for a company called Wazer. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Oh one. yeah, I feel like I've heard that name before. They work with Bob Claggett and uh, Jason over Fireball Tool and Jimmy Duresta and all these guys. All right. Well, they're they're offering to send me a water jet. Whoa! So, yeah, so well, I'm, I'm I'm of course going to accept. Uh, right. And I don't know how Dan found me. I'm assuming through Jimmy, maybe. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe they just saw my content or whatever and thought that we would align. Um, but I'm super excited about it because I I considered buying a Wazer a ways back, no pun intended, and <laughs> a um, back. And, a Wazer back and uh, and I just I opted against it. I you know it was just one of those things where I felt like my money could be shifted into a different place just for my workshop anyway. But I've I find myself constantly looking at those machines. Sure. And then just one day they reached out to me. I have no idea how they got a hold of me because I never really filled out any work or you know any forms or anything on their website. Um, but they uh, they reached out and said they'd like to send me a Wazer. And of course, there's going to be an exchange for that. You know, mm-hmm. I'll have to make content around it, which will be absolutely zero problem for me because right. it cuts everything. I mean, it's like stainless steel, high carbon steel. You can cut glass with it and stone and marble and all this other stuff. I've seen a so, couple of YouTube yeah. channels where their whole thing is they have a water jet cut cutter and they just cut things in half to see if it'll do it. Yeah. Well, I and like they're huge, huge channels. Yeah, well, Jason over at Fireball Tool, I don't know if you've um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. seen any of his stuff. He uh, has a water jet, and he cuts a lot of his stuff out on it. And I think, like, one time I watched him cut something out of, like, a five-inch thick piece of plate steel. That was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah. And it was actually really good quality. Like, it looked clean. It was, like, really, really sharp. And uh, speaking of Jason over at Fireball Tools, I will be receiving one of his new welding tables as Whoa. well. That, you, uh, see, you've, he, uh, you've got some new space and now you're that. trying to find a way to fill it right up. 
Nah, well, that's it. That's it, actually, because I bought this new building. I'm like, I'm gonna have all this extra room. But I so Jason released this video on these new cast iron welding tables that he's making. Um, he, I mean, he's obviously not doing all the manufacturing himself, but he prototyped it. And and I have so much love for Jason. Like, like he, he's the kind of guy I aspire to be, basically. Um, content creator, prototyper, product, you know, creator, stuff like that. It's just that's he I just resonate so much with his work. So I reached out to him because, you know, he follows me on Instagram, follows me on YouTube and stuff. When I saw the video of the table, um, they're they're perfect. I mean, it's exactly what I want. It's exactly what I need. He he nailed it to the point where because I have not bought a welding table because of all these problems that he brings up with commonly produced commercial welding tables. And I just felt like, you know what, I'm you know, they're not the if to spend that kind of money on something that's not right. I'm just not going to do it. Jason has managed to perfect it and create an awesome table. So I reached out to him and I just said like, Hey, you know, I know we follow each other in social media and it wasn't like, kind of like, Hey, give me one for free. It was just like, I'm really thinking about buying one of these and I'd like to do something, you know, figure it out. So he gave me, you know, some money off a discount and all of that. I mean, which is more than enough, like gracious. I'm, I'm super stoked to own one of these things. And then he's going to ship me one in a couple of weeks. So, uh, awesome piece of gear because we are moving, you know, housemate is going to be moving towards more fabrication of building the actual grinders and the machines here. So we're, really? you know, with getting into the new space and opening up my workshop, we have had so many people request to own a prefabricated version mm -hmm. of the, of the revolution. We're going to just move into that. Uh, See, space. that makes sense because, a person like me who have never had I've, – I've never welded a day in my life, so I would feel terrified to get something like this and yeah. do my first welds on it because you know you're going to screw it up, and now you've thrown all that money away because you've you've messed up so many parts with it. Yeah, so prefab is part of prefab it. is a yeah. really smart thing to get into. I'm just worried about your ability to keep up with it because I know that you're going to have so many damn orders. You yourself are not going to be able to keep up with it. Right. Yeah, you're right. And it it's probably going to be that I'm going to need someone here to help me with that. So that that'll be that's next on the list of things to, you know, work out. Uh, but with a table like Jason's, what you can do is you can set up production line fabrication where you can set up multiple jigs to uh, because this table's holes in it with all these. And then he's sending me all like the little, you know, clamps and dogs and all the stuff that goes in the table gotcha. um you can you can legit like i could probably produce you know in one week i could probably produce 10 or 12 grinders me myself the other half of it is is that we are having all of the tube steel machined now so all the drilling and the tapping is going to be done by my guy who's nice. making my wheels so all of that will be done that's 90 percent of the work really i mean it's it's the drilling and the tapping so uh He's going to handle all that for us. He's going to have all those made. We're, we're ordering like 200 at a time. And then they'll all those parts will come in machined. We will then, you know, assemble them and weld them together and all that here. And then we'll have, you know, full machines ready for sale, uh, not just kits. And then you'll be able to buy everything in between. Like if you want to buy a kit and you want all the holes drilled and tapped, you can do that too. You know, you can sure. pay us to do that and you can just buy the kit and you can weld it together yourself. Uh, whereas you're not just spending an afternoon drilling and tapping. Um, and then obviously mm. we'll have our original kit, which is all the parts non-machined. 
you know, like yeah. you have to drill and tab it yourself and weld it together. And that's like the cheap option. That's the option where it's like, you know, super inexpensive. You go that route or you can go all the way up to a fully prefabricated machine and we'll crate it up and we'll ship it to you. Um, See, I feel like that's that's the way to go because you're giving the the person who has a shoestring budget a way in. You're giving yep. someone with a mid tier budget a way in, and then you've got like the ultra machine with all the attachments and all the everything you could ever need under the sun. I'm sure you you have a a bundle for that. So if if you have yep. someone who yeah, I I have a couple grinders and I need a fourth because that will that will make my process a little bit easier. You can have that mega bu- bundle to just shoot their way because they want something that they can plop on their table and get going with. People love options, you know. Yeah. And, and you and I have talked about this in the knife making world. It's like give people options, you know, give yeah. them like ten different handle materials to pick from or whatever, A, B, and C, like whatever. It's people enjoy options. If and you know, it's not that big of a jump to buy the kit that's you know say five hundred dollars or five hundred fifty bucks for the kit that's not machined, and then you go from that to a machined kit that's like 650 bucks. You know, you think like, well, that's not that big of a jump, you know, from a marketing perspective, some people will go, what's my afternoon worth, you know, and, sure. and is, or do I have to buy a hundred dollars worth of tools to, to make right. that right. happen or whatever. So, you know, if we can handle it here and do it here, why not? Why wouldn't we? And then of course, for me, it's not that big of a jump to go to fully built machines. Because sure. it's just simple. And, and and by the way, we did that at Kilroy's, you know, in four days we built eight grinders. And yes, we had a whole bunch of hands and people, but we didn't have a mill. We ended up drilling and tapping everything on a super small little drill press. And we achieved fully functional, uh, already put together, uh, welded together, finished at, with motors and VFDs in four days. Mm. So I, when I did that with Ron, I was like, I think we could do this at paradise or at paradise at house made and make it happen. You know, we could do that here and not think about it too much with, you know, the growth also, you know, the pre-built machines, if we build uh 10 or 15 of them and they sell out, we just say to people like, look, it's a couple of weeks or three weeks to get one or whatever. Who knows? I mean, I, I just think that it's really time for us to shit or get off the pot with, with the concept that, I am going to sell kits the rest of my life. And with housemate, I think that that's a finite solution. I think if I offer the actual completed machines ready to go, it just opens us up to a whole bunch more it does. potential to potential customers. Yeah. To try to move that over that same idea to my, my situation, you know, of course there's going to be that top high end where it's, you know, you know, full Damascus completely handmade. You've got the forged option below that you have, completely stock removal. I now have that production line that's going to come in cheaper. And I'm thinking about doing an even a step lower than that, where it's just, you know, like stainless steel and you, you have the skeletonized handle so that you can, you can uh, wrap uh, paracord through it and basically oh. make, make a, like, not like a super cheap, like we're, we're talking, you know, 70 bucks for a knife. And, wow. and basically it's going to be a, a Kaida or Kydex sheath, well, maybe not for seventy bucks. So let let's say a hundred dollars all in, and you're you're getting the knife, you're getting a Kydex sheath, and you're you have and it's going to have a paracord wrap, and that's going to be that same EDC three, which is basically made for everyday carry and for skinning whitetail like a, as a hunting knife, and wow. basically make it so that that is something that I mean I can I can finish up the the bevels on it and 
grind the grind them, throw on some ki- or throw on the um, paracord, make a Kydex sheath. I'm guessing all of that once I'm doing them in productions, I can do all of that in maybe an hour and a half max. I mean, I could probably even get that even lower than that, and that that would allow me to sell them at such a low rate or at such a low price that I mean who the hell wouldn't want something like that for so cheap, but, yeah, but that's, that's just another idea. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to hit all of the, because I've, of course I've got the thousand dollars knives. I've got the, you know, $600 knives. I've got the $400 knives. I now have the $200 knives. I mean, I'm talking chef knives. Like I'm, I'm talking the top end of my things. So like, you know, I've got the high end. I'm trying to low, or I'm trying to bring that cost down for, of course, you're you're gonna get less of a handmade product, but I'm trying to bring that lower and lower because there's so many more people at the lower price points that want to support you, but just can't you know dole out a thousand dollars on a knife or six hundred dollars at a knife or four hundred dollars at a knife. I'm trying to get I'm trying awesome. to get that because the low the lower you go in price, the much much wider of a of a market you have for it. I don't know, man. I'm with I'm, you. I'm trying I, to come up with something. No, that is exactly what what if you think about it, car manufacturers do this, stereo manufacturers do this. Everybody has different price points that they're trying to hit because each one of those price points has a specific audience for it. Sure. And it's hard to do as a single maker. It's hard to do as like a small company. But if if you have all those levels and in between already pre-made like you're doing now with your production line, the like like I said, it's it's not that big of a stretch to, to think about like all these different options for your your customers. And so, Brian, you're on the right track, man. And <clears throat> it's so awesome to hear your perspective change uh, about like how you see producing your work, how you're actually producing, and how you're making it happen and, and growing your business. Because this is exactly what I was hoping would happen is that you would have all of these epiphanies, you know, um, I was, you and I were texting last night uh, and, or two nights ago or whatever it was. And I was saying that I had talked with, uh, I, when, if, if anyone wants to know, like uh, my business acumen, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I've done this for a long time, but living in the town I live in, it's filled, filled with uh, retired entrepreneurs. And most of them are very rich. So they've done well for themselves. And I had a customer who uh, was very high up, very, very wealthy man and uh, super nice guy. And he I don't know if he's still alive anymore because I haven't worked with him in so long. But um, he was he he was a guy that told me this really specific phrase because you and I, Brian, last night were having this conversation about the details, the margins, you know, shipping all the little all the way down to the pins and the hand. Right. 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 And this is the this is the reason why I brought it up is because Robert uh, Robert Frazier was his name. He would tell me that the profit is in the details. Remember that that if the more detail oriented you are about your particular thing that you do, the more money you will walk away from the transaction because you'll understand the value of whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be service, whether it be you know uh, a product or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't the only wealthy person to tell me this because what he what he was saying was and all these other wealthy gentlemen were telling us, telling me was that in 
in life, you will realize that there are so few people who are really detail oriented in the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. world. And you're what if you can do that, if you can kind of work your way into the details and really fully understand where every single little piece and penny goes, then you're going to have a leg up on your competition because, you know, rainy days come and things change like a pandemic could make or break a business because you didn't know that you were spending so much additional money or you had inflation. You have all these things that are happening around you. You should know how that impacts your business. Mm-hmm. A good business person knows that. And those those things are in the details. That is also where it happens to be where a majority of the profit margin is. Mm-hmm. So if you can pay attention to the details, you can succeed. And I'm watching you do that, Brian. I'm watching you see how I take things and break them down, taking a page out of my book, taking a page out of your father's book and really looking at, hey, you know, this, this and this adds up to twelve dollars. Right. Know, where does that twelve dollars come from? You know, if I sell a hundred knives in a year, that's twelve hundred dollars. Like, right. where did right. that money go or whatever? Those are the things that matter. And you can put that money in your pocket you or you can't or you'll lose it and it goes into thin air. Uh, so anyway, uh, long story short is I appreciate you, Brian, and I love watching your journey. It's, <laughs> it's really great to watch you just like pick all this stuff up and run with it, man. You're doing doing awesome work. I'm trying to, man. And uh, yeah, <laughs> man, you threw a, you threw a bunch of compliments over my way and I just don't know how to handle it. <laughs> I don't you don't have to say anything. You just say you just you're just doing a great job. And I just it's great to hear your your development. And that's the whole point of having you on the show is to, to, to watch the rise of Brian Cohn and uh, hopefully be a small part of it. Anyway, guys, if you've gotten anything out of today's show, make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. It's $10 and 80 cents a year to support yeah. our show now. So you can do that $10 and 80 cents. If you pay for the whole year up front or a dollar a month, or we have $5 tiers and $10 tiers or whatever else. And we truly appreciate that. If you could do that, cause it helps us travel around and go to places and, and expand the show, buy new equipment and so on. So uh, anyway, I am going to be going back to work today and crushing it this week. I know you guys are all going to do the same. I hope you have a good working week ahead. Hard work and good luck. My name is Brian House, housemade.us. And Brian, where can we find you? Brian Cohn at bconeknives.com. Bcone knives everywhere. Yeah, we we missed the spot. Damn it. <laughs> we're so Shit. damn close. We're like it was going right up, up to the pinnacle. We're almost there. And then, oh. <laughs> That's okay. That's you know, right. because people like the little Easter eggs that we leave at the at the tail end of the show anyway. Sure, so, sure. <laughs> people do listen to them. But uh, anyway, guys, we appreciate you. I hope you have a good working week ahead. I'm going to be working for it. And I know you are, too. Adios. We miss you, Ben. We miss you. Oh, man. We miss you, Ben. See you guys. Work for Adios. it, baby. Work for it. Work for it.